When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and this week, we are having another fun week. We are going to be talking on Friday about our favorite concert experiences, so that should be a blast. And this week, I think we're going to have a good, I don't know what my other panelists are into or angry about or excited about, but I do think we're going to have a good conversation on this episode as well. And I have with me, returning from last week's favorite celebrity encounters, I have Susie and Tiff. Hello. Yay. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> like at a concert. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I hear the <laughs> Everybody's hands are in the air. They're they're not using their lighters anymore. They're no. using the lighter. Yeah, no, no lighters allowed. No, no it's lighters just the allowed. phone. Just the phone flash. <laughs> the fun little post-it over the flashlight to like make it change colors. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I haven't heard of that. See, in my day, <laughs> that's gonna be part of the concert story. Oh, okay. Something to look forward to on Friday. Well, thank you both for. Coming. Thank you both for coming. <laughs> it's because I'm looking again. You know, Tiff is always broadcasting from her piano room. I always call it the grand piano room. But, you know, I, I, I do what I can. I do what I can. I, I love the people and I love for the people to see where I'm at. And this is where yes. I'm at. This is my home. Welcome in. <laughs> Just a modest little setup. Just a modest little thing, you know. Just a little modest little setup. Yes. Someday, uh, you know, you, everybody's going to have to tune into a live stream. Actually, go watch our Fandom Choice Awards because Tiff was a presenter and you will see this grand room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just, just ignore the mess in the back. <laughs> the mess in the back. <laughs> so first up, though, what I want to know, Susie, what are you into right now? In pop culture, it just dawned on me. I'm first. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. It is never going to happen for me. I have just dealt with it. <laughs> I've accepted I know. it. I have to I find somebody. Have you have to find somebody that has Tanya with a T O. <laughs> Tonya? Tonya, yes. Or Tonya. We gotta have we have a we have to have a Whitney. We need to have a Whitney on a Whitney or a Zay. 
Dagger. Yes. And Xtina. Yes. That's how you spell it. <laughs> yes, please. A Zochi. Zochi Castal. Something. Please. Please <laughs> help me out, people. Help me out. <laughs> <sighs> the Veronicas of the world. Come. <laughs> the Veronicas of the world. <laughs> Join in. Join in. <laughs> Yes. So, Susie, are you still into Pedro, Pascal, or? Always. (laughs) Little do you know. Yeah, that's always just going to be a thing. I'm going to, okay, this is not what I'm currently into right now. I'm just going to do like a fun little aside about the Pedro thing is that I have no shame in admitting that there's like a full TikTok folder full of TikToks about Pedro edits that just but silly, you know, make me laugh, make me smile. Like, ah, oh, yes, like fun, dumb little edits. Sure, love going in the folder. And the really funny ones, or the really like, like ones that really entertain me, I save those so that when my friends are like, "Oh, who's this Pedro guy?" I go, "You want to see? Let me, <laughs> let me show you my phone. Just gonna show you a couple videos, you know, just to get appetizing." But no, but the thing I'm into recently and i have a bone to pick with meg i have issues with meg Uh oh i am mad i'm steaming the flames flames the flames on the side of the my flames. face red heaving breaths meg how dare you tout and rave about the podcast dungeons and daddies oh no i <laughs> I am now caught up with it. But let me tell you, there, I just recently got caught up to the latest episode, but there was a time I was trying to drive to work to my place of employment. And some of the saddest things <laughs> happened in that campaign. And I'm driving down Wadsworth in tears, just Aww. like, oh, and then I'm laughing in the next like, couple minutes. And I'm like, what is happening? Get to work and be like, okay, time to human. Just time go, to let it go. Now put on human face and then go greet the people. How dare you, Meg? How dare you? Wow, wow. She's going to be so excited when she hears this. <laughs> I'm in deep. It's, I can't, like, I bought the, the, the Sons and Prejudice episode. That, that they did on their Patreon. I bought that. I, I'm spending money on this now and I am just upset. <laughs> How dare you, Meg? How dare you? <laughs> she is going to be so happy. <laughs> She's going to be so enthused. Like, I got I, another yes. one. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to tell her you have to listen to at least the first six minutes of the Wednesday episode so that you can hear what Susie is into. So, yes. And I told her, you know, that she needs to start sending you the Pedro Pascal TikToks too. So I don't know I if mean, she yeah, has. Honestly. And you know what? Lacking. I have seen none. Because <gasps> oh, I did share, Tiff can attest, I did share the clip of you saying his name to her. I should, She I, did. And, yeah. you know, I have now listened to it about 1,224 <laughs> times. And every time I hear it, I get a shiver up my back, but in a good way. <laughs> so, so no. Susie, really quickly, if people didn't listen to it last week, can you give us Pedro's name? 
Oh, his full name? Yes, his full his name. His non-Hollywood name? Yes. His non-SAG name? <laughs> his, his baptismal name. His baptismal name? Yes. <laughs> Please. That was read out in the church in which he was baptized with the water <laughs> just trickling down his head. That would be Jose Pedro Barmacita Pascal. Thank you, Susie. Thank you. And everyone else, you're welcome. Yes, exactly. Yes. For free, Josh. Yes, you're, I mean, yes, you're getting that content for free. You know, you can get more great content that not for free if you join our Patreon. (laughs) And who knows, maybe sometime soon we'll do a Pedro Pascal episode since. Oh my goodness. Meg would have to be on that or she would if, probably say, like It's going to be me. me, Meg, and Sarah. Just all three of us. We're going to be like, Aaron, you don't need to do anything. If you want, go have a snack. Have some tea. We're going to take care of this. We're going to take care of this like good two hours. I have my guest hosts will yeah. be. That could be the live stream. Just us. Just, yes, just a live just a live stream only episode for our Patreon subscribers. Yeah. So if you want that, I don't know when this will happen, <laughs> but if you want that and also the other great content we have for just three bucks a month minimum, but if you go at the higher levels, you'll get other great stuff. Like soon we're going to have a Q&A session coming up and stuff like that and merch and after a certain number of months and all this, all that stuff. So go to the link in our bio for more information. We recently did Cocaine Bear, Banshees of Sharon, The Menu with Tanya's Marxist Corner. And we've done the Winchesters, a special Christian Bale episode, Notting Hill, a ton of stuff. So, yes. Okay, well, Tiff, so what are you into? Well, you know, lately it's been my mysterious what's it's and who's it's and the happenings in the world. So right now I'm watching history's greatest mysteries hosted by Mr. Lawrence Fishburne of whom my dear daughter, when she, when I was watching and she walked by, she's like, why is he so dramatic and serious? I said, (laughs) darling, that's acting. Even when you're not acting, (laughs) that is his craft. (laughs) But um, it's really interesting. Um, it's on the History Channel, you know, the History's Greatest Mystery. So it's on the History Channel and it's on demand. So you can find all the episodes right now um, from this this current season, which I believe there are six episodes, I think. Comes on on Tuesdays, I want to say. Comes on live on Tuesdays. But, you know, it runs the gamut. This is the fourth season and they just did an episode on um, the assassination of JFK. They do all of these, you know, theories, some of them incredibly wackadoodle. And then some of them, you know, you're like, hmm, that's definitely plausible. And then they have these other ones. Let's say they they did one, um, the most recent one they did on the disappearance of Judge Crater, who was this big time New York City judge in the 1930s. And he disappeared. He disappeared in 1930. And the case was never solved. Like it was big time back then, like huge, because he was basically like a New York City celebrity, which they said Mm -hmm. at that time, if you were a New York City celebrity, you were like a celebrity all over the place because New York was like the heart. But it's really interesting. You know, they throw out all of these. Oh, I know what the other one was. The Ark of the Covenant. That was a cool one, too. 
because they, you know, they have people, professors of like Mediterranean studies, they've got professors of um, ancient religion, all these kind of things. Basically, if I had my theory about where the Ark of the Covenant is, I think it's in Ethiopia. That was the most plausible to me. But who am I? You know, I'm just a viewer. I'm just a viewer, but I thought that I thought the Ethiopian connection was extremely plausible. Check it out. Awesome. (laughs) And I loved loved just picturing your daughter going, um, why is he being so dramatic? (laughs) She was, she, she, I mean, she stopped like, she has a very bad habit. I'm like, okay, dude, your, your daddy's not a glass cleaner. Okay. She comes and she stands right in front of you, right in front of the TV. Like, what are you doing? But she comes and of course she stands right in front. She's like, why is he so dramatic and serious? <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. She's 12. This is what they do. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like a preteen. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I find it hilarious that she has deserved to call something dramatic. <laughs> I'm like, you are dramatic all the time, dear. Yeah. You are dramatic. <laughs> That's that's the middle yes. name for a lot of preteens and teens. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she is my dear dramatic daughter. That's that's her name. Triple D. <laughs> Triple D. Triple D. <laughs> DQ'd. <laughs> that's awesome. We should, and we'll have to cover um, Lawrence Fishburne sometime, sometime on the podcast. I mean, so good to cover. I mean, yeah. just just from the sheer volume of things that he's been in. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be nice. Oh yeah. I'm not looking up, but like probably over 50 credits, I would think. Probably, probably more than that. Probably. I don't know. I mean, because he, he started acting. <laughs> he was in, what was that? Oh my gosh. Platoon. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in Platoon. He lied about his age. He said he was 18 oh, yeah, and right. he was like 16. <laughs> I'm like, Lawrence, <laughs> you're so bad. <laughs> no, at the time, Larry at the time. He was Larry Fishburne at the time. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. He did go by Larry he for a while. Larry. Yeah, until after Boys in the Hood. After Boys in yeah. the Hood, then he he started going by Lawrence. Um. Well, I can talk about this now because of the fact that by the time this drops, the embargo will be up. But I was very, very lucky to watch a screener of the documentary Living with Chucky, which Susie, 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 you need to watch this documentary. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've been following the um the creator of the documentary on TikTok and I'm just I'm so excited to see it. Yes, yes, Kyra Elise Gardner, who I mean, if you look up, you will know why she ended up making this, but I don't want to spoil that because I actually think because I didn't know. I didn't really research, I didn't know, and so when it's revealed in the documentary, it was like really endearing and heartwarming what the documentary is really about once you find that out once it takes that turn but it's it's such a good if you love chucky if you love horror at all if you love filmmaking i highly recommend it because it's i mean even if you don't like horror movies i think you'd be able to watch it they do show some of the kills and stuff like that but it is so much more about family and about how making a film you become a family and all these people that made so many of these became like this family. 
And, um, you know, Brad Dourif, you know, he was like, you know, usually I wouldn't be able to be a part of that because all of my stuff was the voice work until his daughter became a part of it. And I do want to say, you know, because they talked about with nepotism and stuff like that, his daughter did have to audition like about, like, I think it was like six or seven times before she got that part. (laughs) So it wasn't, so she did have to still audition, did still have to do that process. But they also talk to people, you know, that that also just love horror movies that are also actors and weren't necessarily weren't in them or like in a lot of them, like they have like Marlon Wayans, the great Lynn Shea, uh, Abigail Breslin. So a bunch of different people they're talking to about the movies and the impact they had. And of course, they are talking to the creator of Chucky. But they went over how how Chucky really, you know, revitalized the slasher genre and how the slasher genre had pretty much gone to a had become like a straight to video type genre by that time and how this changed things up. And they talked about how some people were like, well, this is a doll. People will just kick would just kick the doll. Why would people get murdered by a doll? And a lot of people argue, like one of the producers was like, well, yeah, but if a doll all of a sudden starts talking, coming after you, trying to kill you, you're going to be so scared that you're probably going to be like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He's like, I would have had a heart attack. Um, So they go over that. They also go over how much Chucky changed throughout the series, which we talked about that last year. Go listen to our Child's Play episode. And Susie and I talked about that and the evolution of Chucky and how Chucky became very horror comedy. And then they tried to change that again. You know, when they talked about when it was about the the fourth one, which one is that Susie? Not the cult, not cult of Chucky, but the one with Brad Dourif's daughter is first in it. It's not seed, right? Is it seed? No, it's no, after it's seed. Cause seed so was the seed? one that actually, I guess, pissed I, off a lot of people. People were very angry about that one. No, it was called um, something. It wasn't oh. Cult of Chucky. It was right before Cult of Chucky. Yeah, no, it was before Cult. Oh my God. Curse of Chucky. So in Curse of Chucky is when they decided to try and go back to being more horror. And this is when they were ended up going straight to video too. And because, you know, they weren't given the budget. So that's why they went to just filming in one location in this house, in this mansion. So they go through that, the evolution. They didn't talk about the TV show much. They just kind of mentioned it. But I think it's because this documentary they were making for a long time. So I think at that time, it it was just in production or just happening. So that's why they didn't really talk about it much. But once again, it's just really, really good documentary. And it's just a really interesting look behind the scenes of a franchise and also a how close people get and how it becomes like a second family and the relations with each other and how, you know, Brad Dourif was like, Oh my gosh, when Jennifer Tilly came on, cause they got to do work together, voice work together. He was like, it was so nice. I was like, Oh, why didn't you give Chucky a girlfriend long before? <laughs> because it was so nice to be able to play off of someone. And he, you know, Jennifer Tilly was talking about how Brad Dourif in one scene when they were doing voice work was like crying and, um and everything so it's it's really it's really interesting and like i said if you listened to me when i was on my streaming bubble talking about one one flew over the cuckoo's nest i have always had a very soft spot for brad duraf even with him playing chucky even with him playing a killer i have a very soft spot for him because of one flew over the cuckoo's nest so 
I loved watching him. It was really interesting watching him in an, in an interview in this documentary as well and his daughter. And they have a really good relationship, a really close and sweet relationship. So I highly recommend it. I'm not going to spoil why the director, why she decided to make this, because I think unless you already know, I think it's just better to be surprised, frankly. Um, but it might get spoiled in I'm actually interviewing the director. So <laughs> I'm interviewing her this Friday. And so I'm going to drop it before this releases. Sorry, this releases on April 4th on Screenbox, which is another streaming service that's like Shudder. Uh, so it's cheap. It's only like, I think like five or six dollars a month. So it's the cost of renting the movie, basically. And they have a lot of great horror titles on there. That's where I watched Terrifier 2. I don't know if it's still available on there. But yeah, I think it's a great a great little streaming service as well. Um, so go and check that out. And then I am planning on dropping the interview right before that gets released. So on April 3rd is my plan. So keep an eye out for that interview with um, the director as well. And once again, support this also because female filmmakers in horror, we need a ton more of them. So support it for that too. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So, Susie. What is one thing in pop culture or fandom that you are excited about or upset about? This is this is also related to the Dungeons and Daddies podcast. I am personally very excited for the Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves, that's coming out because uh, it looks like a lot of fun. And also, I always just love looking at the costumes for anything fantasy related because it gives you a lot of really good ideas, but it also it's just like seeing how creative they get with with like costuming and kind of what materials they use is also really cool and it just it's it's Chris Pine, you know, in a in a peasant shirt, <laughs> just traipsing about being presumably fabulous. Yes, the second best Chris. Hey Chris. <laughs> Do we just want to beat up for like tea or something maybe to play some dnd i don't know how to play but you could teach me because you probably learned for the movie or maybe you didn't i don't know we'll learn together it'll be great yes i was very into chris pine a few weeks ago i don't know if you listened to that episode yeah <laughs> um so now my funny enough my now my tiktok is filled with like half pedro and half chris pine <laughs> so there's uh funny enough one of the tiktoks that came across my feed actually was 
like he he did like a photo shoot for like a magazine or something recently. Yeah. And it's just him looking all decadent and suave and all these different locations. And in and there <laughs> and with every picture the person who had like put together the slideshow of all the different shoots that he did for this photo shoot, they they put like a caption of like this is what type of romance novel you would be in with him, just based off of his pose and clothes. <laughs> and some of them are really funny. Yeah, was it the Esquire one? Because that's the one he recently um, did. With I think Esquire. it was. All I remember is him. the The one picture I remember from that is him just like lounging, like with his leg propped up, and he has like an open, like a like a black shirt on, and it's open, and there's like, uh. a, like a chain that's like. Come look at my secrets. <laughs> As he's just perched. He had the hamburger meat all out. It's, it's very come hither. <laughs> it's very much it's very much it's very much come come look at this dungeon. Come look at this dungeon. <laughs> oh, wow, you're giving me different little thoughts in my head when you said dungeon. <laughs> No! Whoa! Whoa! Do you want to be my dragon? We're getting into some territory. Maybe. Maybe. We're getting into some R-rated territory. Disclaimer, Aaron. That's why. That's why all these episodes are rated E for everyone. No, not E for everyone. E for everyone. I've heard that movie though. Going back to the movie, I've heard that movie's actually good from what I've heard. Yeah, um, something that cracks me about that movie is that one of the guys who's in the film is is the guy that played the Duke in Bridgerton. His name is I think it's Regé Jean Page. Regé Jean Page. Yeah, that's his name. What cracks me up is one of my friends has such a thirst for this man. And she, we were talking about it, and she goes, "I wonder what kind if there's like any tasteful sluttery afoot." And I was like, "I don't know, but when it comes out, we both need to go watch it together so that I can get your in-person reaction to this." That is my new thing. I, I was just going to sluttery. <laughs> that is going to be. I'm going to ask my what? What is it? Tasteful sluttery. How, did you think this dress looks too slutty? Is it a tasteful slutty? <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> Susie, this is one of the reasons I love having you on. I know your I know your friends said it, but still, this is one of the reasons I love having you on here is because just the most amazing things that I don't even think of. Your mind is incredible. It's just I mean, this is a compliment. And also, like, you know, I still think about your hot cocoa ratings, because even though that happened in 2001, during our two that for our Fandom Choice Awards, which were all for 2020, 2022 episodes, it still there was a write in mentioning your hot cocoa ratings. So it's <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll have to bring those back. I don't know who you'd rate oh, in the movies. Absolutely. You know what? I'm just going to work on the hot cocoa ratings for October. <laughs> Um, so, Tiff, <laughs> what, what is making you feel tastefully slutty? 
sorry. <laughs> well, perhaps if I was in Dungeons and Dragons with Reggae Jean Page, then yes, maybe then I would feel tastefully sluttery. <laughs> yes, but as I am not, oh, so, so devastating. I, okay, so this movie is old. It's from last year, but it happened to just be on like late night and I was just folding clothes. <laughs> Don't worry, darling. It's with Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. And oh, once again, the second best Hollywood <laughs> Chris, Chris Pine. I really, and you know that we talked about, obviously we talked about, you know, uh, horror films about cults. And we all loved Florence Pugh in Midsommar. Love Florence Pugh. Love her, love her, love her. She is one of the few, I think, not one of the few, but she probably has the best, like, standard American, American accent out of all, like, of the Brit actresses out there right now. She really does. Like, I can't detect a hint of anything when she does this. And that's why I think she gets so many roles. It's really, she gets so many, like, Americanized roles, which I, I love that for her. Good job, Florence. You do your studying, girl. You you listen to your dialect coach. but. <laughs> so Harry Styles mm-hmm. I just feel that I'm going to use an I feel statement I feel that it could have been so much better without Harry Styles in it I did not care for his performance whatsoever yes. I did not care for it I actually like the movie I like the premise of the movie I know it's been done you know I mean obviously it's it's, it's not like a, a new kind of premise. It's not a new theory or anything like that. This movie is, it's, it's nothing groundbreaking about it. But I think Florence is so good in it. I like, um, what's her face? The director, Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Wilde. I like her. She was cool. Cool, cool, cool. That's fine. Chris Pine, sufficiently creepy. Gemma Chan, love her. She's fabulous. Her face, my gosh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, are you real? Like, you look like a like she looks like a she looks like a doll. She's so beautiful. Like she does. She looks like she should just sit her like on like on a little a little mantle so you can just look at her and like just stare. Like you're just so beautiful every time I see you. <laughs> Did not like the fact that Kiki Lane didn't have enough to do. Her character was too silent for me. I really, really, really didn't like Harry Styles in this. I really didn't like it. You could have put anybody else in this and it would have made it so much better. And I can't understand why (laughs) somebody tell me why. So I feel like I maybe need to watch it again because it was literally like one 30 in the morning when I was kind of sort of watching this while I was folding clothes. So maybe I do need to watch it again and think maybe he wasn't as bad as I thought, but I don't know. (laughs) I think Susie had, Susie had ideas when I said something about Harry Styles. He's oh my god, he's bad. (laughs) So lucky that Florence was there. Like her back must have been aching. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, carrying this movie. Wow, man. Her legs were hurting. Florence put in some work. (laughs) Yeah, she did leg day every day, every day. (laughs) Muscles on point. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah, and I don't because I didn't think I think he needs to be seen in very very small 
doses. I think that's what it is because him in Dunkirk, I thought, you know, very small role, but you did just fine, Harry. You, you go, little boy. You did just fine. Yeah, you know, to me, Harry, he can serve a look. He does really good fashion. He can, he can sing. He's a really good singer. I like his voice. Uh, but overall, in terms of acting, he is more of like a pickle actor to me. And let me explain this phrase. Okay, <laughs> please, please. I need, um, I need help. <laughs> I have a personal thing with pickles where I, like, I, I want them sometimes, but I don't want to eat an entire pickle. Like, I just want, like, a bite or two, and then I'm good. I don't need okay. pickle anymore. Yes. He is, he is a pickle actor. Like, yes. I just need him in, like, little yes. bites. Little right. Doses. Right. You don't and want then, the, you don't want the spear. You don't want the pickle spear. You just yeah, want I don't want the, the little, spear. I don't the want the whole pickle shlong. chip. I just just a little pickle chip. A pickle and chip. Then, <laughs> then hey, just keep it moving. Great. Yes. That's how he was in Dunkirk. He was a pickle chip in Dunkirk. He was a yeah. fried pickle chip in Dunkirk. He, which was he showed up. Said, Hey, I'm Harry. What's up? I'm Harry. It's like, hey, you know what? You're I'm you're, out. you're Dutch. Get out. I hate you. You're going to drown. Yes. He needs to work. If he plans to do acting as more of a side gig along with the singing, he needs he needs to train with someone who has not been to Juilliard not once, but twice. Someone <laughs> who saved us from the Snailaganda movie. I knew the where you were going. Light. <laughs> I think like he and Finn would rock need to get together and like swap pointers because Finn would be like, okay, listen, here's everything you're doing wrong. Let's either work on making you more palatable or maybe you just stick to singing, my guy. And that's fine too. I just, I mean, this role was just, I think, too ambitious for him. Just too big. It was. It was too big. I'm like, and what yeah. is your accent doing? Oh my god! Kind of like those hamsters. Like, so you give them like a piece of bread, and they try to shove the whole thing in there. And you're like, my guy, that's a that's a baguette. You're not going to get that in that cheek. You can get like a nibble of it in there, not the whole thing. You need to take it small doses. At he first, started out small. Yes, at he first, did one iCarly gig and was like, I'm an actor. <laughs> but see, and I have a, I have a very like I have a bone to pick with people about accents. I have a bone to pick about accents because my thing is look this is part of your job people this is part and parcel of octane if you are going to oct i need you to do everything that that entails and that includes talking and getting it together and studying under a dialect coach if you're supposed to be speaking with a british accent go for it dude do you brit you're from brit you're from britain do it I'm okay with it. There are plenty of British people living in wherever, desert, wherever, U.S. Fine, sure, why not? But if you're going to be floating some kind of British into, I don't know, mid-Atlantic 1940s <laughs> mobster accent, <laughs> what was it? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. You know... We all make choices in life, <laughs> and he made a choice. Well, yeah, he, yeah, he made a choice with that accent, and Olivia <laughs> Wilde let him make that choice. Hello, Olivia. <laughs> yeah, Olivia. 
Olivia, it's okay to say no sometimes. You're the director. You're the director. Where, where's Carla when we need her? Where's Carla? She needs to get, we need to get some directoring up in here. Directoring, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I watched that movie at LAX airport last November as I was waiting for my plane. <laughs> sat there watching that on my iPad. <laughs> so that's where I watched it. Just letting you know. And I know, yeah, the act his his performance was so awful that it really detracted from the whole movie. I will say though, the person that was originally cast in that role, and I don't know if Susie and Tiff know this, is a horrible, awful human being. Shia LaBeouf was originally cast in that role i can see it but i'm glad he he wasn't there. i did know that yeah i did i like i followed the drama of this movie because it was kind of like <sighs> and it was so dramatic and That's i followed true. it so like i know all the ins and outs somewhat because i am messy myself <laughs> and it was good cheese man what am i gonna say <laughs> but yeah i remember seeing about that and being like okay i mean you couldn't shop around a little bit more and pick other options no okay yeah but i just didn't know i didn't know if both of you knew that so now you do you go from <laughs> yeah i mean it's like you go from that yeah he's a horrible guy no doubt talented actor yeah horrible dude yeah and then you go to okay pretty good guy but terrible actor can't, yeah. we, can't we find a happy medium? <laughs> I know, exactly. Can't we find something in the middle there? In the middle somewhere. <laughs> oh, you know who would have been really good in that role? Give it to me. And who is also British, but can do an American accent? Taryn Edgerton would have been <gasps> really good in that role. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you just... You- you are blowing my I, mind. I Wait a minute. with respect. God damn it! Wait a minute. I need you to have those little letters behind your name. C-S-A. Casting Association of America. Casting whatever of America. Yes. 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 Oh my God. He would have been so good. He would have been fantastic. <gasps> mm. <laughs> How do we make this happen? How do we, we rewrite we this movie? Can we remake this movie? Can we can we retcon? <laughs> yeah, if someone okay, who, who listens to the pod, if you're really talented at editing, could you just like, you know, edit like a little scene, edit out Harry and just put in Terry and show us how much better it would have been? Oh. And then we can pitch that to Olivia <laughs> and be like, this is what we could have had. What we could have had. <laughs> what could have been. What could have been. Oh my been. gosh. Taryn. <laughs> oh, Man, so good. I love the faces on my panelists because they're both like, whoa, yeah. Like, I mean, yes, you're causing me to stare into the middle distance in, in thought. <laughs> beautiful. Like, yes. This is- <laughs> Inspired, Taryn and I love Florence. This. I love this pairing with all of my heart and yes. soul. What can Honestly, we? What can why we? Why haven't we gotten this pairing yet? Why haven't we gotten this pairing? Let's, let's yeah, that's it. good. That's a really good pairing. Dream so, makers need to make dreams. Dream makers. <laughs> <laughs> 
both like uber talented any movie with them would honestly fuck like it would be so good yes yes, yes. the chemistry yes. would be insanity it would be yes. on level 1000 because you know florence she does that thing with her mouth and with her eyebrows yeah when she gets upset and then taryn she's got this stone face with so much emotion involved <laughs> in it jaw jawline yes like that jawline. glass yeah. it's pretty I, amazing <laughs> i love this so much i love this so much let's let's write something ladies let's get this going <laughs> I, this I love a, this stuff. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> well, I'm you, glad I mentioned that. Then. You've made this movie like five thousand times better without even like changing anything else, <laughs> just by removing that one person. <laughs> yes. Amasi. Yes. It should be Oscar winner Karen Edgerton. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> I'm still yes. bitter.com about that. Oh, me too, man. I was like, well, he's at least going to get that nomination when he won the Golden Globe. And then. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we'll definitely be bitching about that later this year. Uh, and forever. And whenever I get, I won't bitch to him about it, but whenever I get Taryn Edgerton on this podcast, I will just compliment him is all I'm saying. I'm not going to say, were you as pissed as us? that you? <laughs> At least we have him upcoming in that crazy Tetris film that looks just oh bananas, but so much fun. I'm so looking forward to this thing. Me too. A movie about Tetris. Yes. Me too. I never thought I'd be looking forward to a movie about Tetris. Injected into my veins. <laughs> that looks so yeah. much fun. <laughs> very excited about that movie. Yes. 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 Well, another thing that I'm very excited about, and shockingly, I have not listened to the album yet, but we're recording this on Friday, March 24th. And today, Depeche Mode released a brand new album, Memento More. And this is the first album they have done, sadly, since Fletch or Andrew Fletch. Fletcher died. Um, he went by Fletch. And uh, of course, this is, again, it's Depeche Mode. So it's from what I've heard. I haven't even listened to it yet. This is very shocking, everyone I know. But I have listened. I just recently listened to an interview with Dave gone on um, NPR. And he was talking about making this and talking about, you know, how he actually, this is the first time that a couple of the songs on there he wrote. So he co-wrote some of these songs. And usually it's just Martin, Martin Gore, who does all of the songwriting. And um, Dave God has done a lot of solo work and done a lot of solo songwriting. So he wanted to do that for this album. They talked about it. So I guess he's got a couple on there. But they also talked about how uh, different it is that, you know, Dave and Martin are now the only two members, original members from Depeche Mode left that are in the band, not alive, but left that are in the band and how different it was to make this without Fletch and without Fletch's input. And, you know, Dave jokingly said without Fletch looking at all the songs and going, why is everything about death? <laughs> They did say this album is a lot about death and life and everything like that, but um, about mortality and death and living and everything that Depeche Mode is usually about. But I'm very excited to listen to it. I am sad 
that I probably will not be able to see them on tour because they're going on tour this year, but their tickets are so dang expensive. And I just can't, especially with going to Ireland later this year. I just can't, sadly. And it's what's so sad about it is they're going to be here in Denver right around my birthday. Right around my birthday. And I'm like, seriously? Because the very first time I saw them, which I won't get too much into this because this will be on our next episode, was for my birthday. And so it's just, so that's sad to me, but I am excited about the album. I am always excited for new Depeche Mode content. I'm also excited because I have a feeling this has to do with it, but our Depeche Mode episode from last November is back in our top 10 episodes. So if you haven't listened to that yet, and you're also a fellow Depeche Mode fan, and you want to listen to Carla and I just gush about this band, listen to me swoon about Dave Gone for like two and a half hours, and the whole band, but uh, swoon about that, talk about the music and how much the music means to me and meant to Carla as well, then go check that out. I think it was it was so much fun. It's one of my favorite episodes I've ever done because that band means so much to me. So, 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 so much to me. Um, got me through a lot of tough times in my life. So I really, really recommend listening to that. And so I can't wait to listen to that album. Okay. So speaking of Ticketmaster and high ticket prices and how criminal it is, of course, there has been a battle and I've been trying to figure out when we were going to talk about this. And I figured right before our concert episode is the perfect time to do it. So Ticketmaster, of course, there was a whole battle when Taylor Swift's fans couldn't get any tickets because people are like buying them up. Um, scalpers are buying them up. The ticket prices prices are so, so wacky and out there and just way too expensive for people because of the fees on top of the actual ticket prices. But I mean, you know, like, Ticket prices for like seats that are like the way, way back, you know, nosebleed seats are usually over a hundred dollars just starting for a lot of people. And I remember, I do remember back in the day paying, you know, like twenty, thirty-five dollars to go see a concert. Sometimes they'd be cheaper than that. I remember going to some concerts where I spent like ten, fifteen dollars. So it's just really disgusting to me. And recently, The Cure, The Cure is uh, reuniting and going on a tour. A lot of people have been joking that all these 80s and 90s bands are just going on tour this year. And The Cure did their ticket prices actually pretty reasonably. They wanted their prices to be reasonable so that more fans could see them. Well, what Ticketmaster did is their pricing and their service fees were so expensive that they actually turned out, for some people, being more expensive than the actual ticket price. And so Robert Smith, who was the lead singer of The Cure, was furious, took to social media. And so Ticketmaster is giving partial refunds and lowering fees because of this, which is pretty amazing. I don't think this will stick, but it's pretty amazing. But the problem, the issue here with Ticketmaster is Ticketmaster is like a monopoly. And when you have a monopoly in any kind of field like this, it's very hard for people to be competitive. So they're, of course, going to pay as many price, you know, they're going to charge, excuse me, as high as they possibly can because they know that's the only source. So, of course, they're going to do that. It's the same with like creation and supernatural conventions and how, 
they have Jared and Jensen on this exclusive contract. And so then they're like, well, we can charge whatever we want because people keep paying it too is the other thing. So I do think having more artists speak out like this, more artists doing these things will actually help. So I want to know, Susie, what are your, your thoughts on that and artists speaking out about that too? I've always thought that the fees that Ticketmaster kind of like tax on when you're buying tickets, it's just, it's outrageous. And the only reason why they're doing it is because they have really, there's no really like any other competition or any other like ticket selling sites. And the thing that also kind of sucks about it too is that there are these bots and scalpers that will go on and buy like massive amounts of tickets, which also leaves fans that have been either saving up money or just been looking forward to tickets kind of just out of luck when it when it comes to those sort of things. And as it's been mentioned, this isn't the first time this has happened. Like I remember this happened before the first time that it kind of really came into kind of like the social sphere about all these ticket prices was um I think it was during like Taylor Swift whenever she released tickets to her like current tour or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they sold out like immediately and prices were just so dumb and outrageous and fans had waited for like hours and hours just in like a waiting line to then get into to yeah. get the tickets. And it was insane. And and like I think even Ticketmaster got brought to court and they were being I think Live Nation, which is who runs Ticketmaster, was being investigated. And it's just it's so crazy and all that greed is honestly very disgusting because people just want to go and enjoy seeing their artists in person. Like for some of these people it could be like a life goal or something that they've like honestly saved up for and are treating themselves to. And these are things that just people are really pumped for and because of like these really like predatory sites like Ticketmaster, it just makes it even harder for them to go. And also even like the artists, because most artists they just want to perform. They wanna be able to like share their music and and whatnot with everyone. And that's and that's not even just about the artists too. There's there's crew. There's like a lot of people behind the scenes also working to make these tours possible. And the fact that Ticketmaster is so kind of like obstinate and just horrible about it, it's it's just really gross. But and I do like that artists are like, hey, this is not cool. You guys need to chill. You need to either like either lower ticket prices or give partial refunds. Like they're giving partial refunds. I mean, at least that's something. Give full refunds. Like you're not it's not like you're losing business by giving people refunds and not tacking on these ridiculous prices. Most of the times, if you have something good, it will speak for itself and word will carry and people will come back because they liked it. But when you do stuff like that, people are like, oh, it's a, mm, I kind of don't want to. This is a little bit. So I don't want it to, like, I... I don't buy tickets through Ticketmaster if I can avoid it because I don't want to do with the fees. Even though if I like an artist and like, I'm like, oh, it's on Ticketmaster. Okay. 
And then I have to like rebudget everything and be like, all right, can I even like afford myself this small luxury or something? And it's just, it's the issue of, of kind of like accessibility and let's just get some more ticket websites out there. <laughs> let's give, let's give Ticketmaster a run for their money or let's have another website come out that actually does a good job and doesn't just price gouge people for the lulls. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Cause honestly, just let people enjoy the things they love without making it seem like it's a really big sacrifice for them to do so. Yeah. And Tiff? I'm in complete agreement. I have honestly, the only thing that I ever use Ticketmaster for now, at like literally present day, is Ticketmaster Exchange for Laker tickets. Um, and even that is hard to do because of the fees, you know, but they're somewhat a little bit more regulated with fees when it comes to that, because it's the official, um, the team uses it as their official site. So it's linked to like, if you go on the Lakers website and then you click on tickets, it links you to Ticketmaster. So I think they regulate it somewhat because they use them, but like trying to get a concert ticket, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have um, made it a point to try to go directly to the box office uh, to get stuff instead. For example, like I'm going to see in June, I'm going to see uh, the musical six. It's going to be in um, Costa Mesa at the circus room, which is uh, in Orange County here in California. And I just go directly to the Sega room website as opposed to going through Ticketmaster. And I'm lucky because the Sagerstrom actually lets you buy through their site and you don't even need to go. I don't have to haul all the way to <laughs> to South Orange County to their box office. But even if I even if I couldn't buy through their website, I still would have gone to see that instead of going through Ticketmaster. There's just there's absolutely no way. One of our, you know, one of our sexy ladies, Meg, tried to buy Taylor Swift tickets for her and her girls. And I think she said, what was it? Up to $2,000 per ticket. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And she'd waited. I think she said she'd waited like three hours. She was in the waiting room for three hours and then it kicked her out. And then she tried to get back in and she lost her place. Things like that are just, I mean, it is so discouraging because it's like, I just want to enjoy a show or I just want to enjoy some music or, and you're making it so much harder for people to do that. There's another uh, ticket sometimes, not all the time. I think it's called AXC. No, that's not it. ACX. It's something ATX. There's another AT. I think it's ATX. Yeah. It's something like that. It's three, it's three letters. (laughs) AXS. Yes, 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 yes. AXS. Is that it? Yeah. I think so. Cause that's where, yes, that's, that's where I've bought tickets before when I've had to buy tickets. Yes. Thank not. you. Thank you. Susie, see, making, making things happen, making things happen on a Friday evening. Yes. So AXS is so much better, um, has been such a better way for me personally to buy tickets because also, and we all have those friends. We all have them. You're like, okay, I buy the tickets. 
And, you know, you, you whip out your credit card and you buy four tickets, right? <laughs> and then you're like, okay, guys, you got to pay me back. You got to pay me back. You got to yeah. pay me back. Here's the beauty with AXS, though. You buy your ticket, but you reserve your other three tickets. And then um, your people, you send it out to them because it links their email. You send it out to them. You're like, okay, you want this ticket? You put your money in. <laughs> you know, you put your card in. So you don't have to worry about that in case you have these, you know, flaky, flighty friends who don't like to pay you back right away. So, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's the nice part about AXS. It's been really, and the fees are reasonable. You know, there's, I mean, yeah, there's always going to be, these ticket sites are always going to have a service charge. We get that. People yeah. understand that there's always some type of processing fee, blah, blah, blah. I, I think we can just look at it kind of as a, as an accessory to like sales tax. But when you look up something and literally Ticketmaster is charging like $75 in service charge, service charge for what? For what? For a computer, <laughs> because this is all automated at this point in time. There's not anybody behind there actually doing this. Back in my day, <laughs> I just want to say that, but but seriously, but back in the day, I would go to a warehouse music source and wait in line <laughs> because they were an authorized ticket master agent. So you'd wait in the line. Here it is. The summertime is hot. My mother would drop me off at like literally eight o'clock in the morning. I'm standing in line and then you wait, wait, wait. And you go up and you get the, t- and they do it in warehouse as authorized ticket agents for Ticketmaster. So th- they would print out on Ticketmaster, you know, mm-hmm. on Ticketmaster tickets, but you were buying them at warehouse. And you could also do it um, at, uh, at the time it wasn't Macy's. It was, um, and, oh yes, I and, remember that. And, um, at May Company and Robinsons, there was Robinsons and there was May Company, and then they combined to make Robinsons May. And then when they broke up, it became at least out here, it became Macy's. But um, yeah, you could buy. I think Madian F did that here. Madian F did that here. Madian, I don't know, but I remember that. I yeah. remember that. Oh my so gosh! You could, yeah, so you could go to a department store, yes. and buy oh tickets from Ticketmaster. This is wild, children. I know. I know. For all of the the Gen Zers out there, you <laughs> youngsters who don't know what landlines are, who don't know how to use them, who have no clue what they are. Yes, we used to go to a department store, which is like actual buildings where you walk in and you see clothes on racks and you see like cologne and things like that being stacked up. We could buy tickets from their children. Yes. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I just think it's, you know, it's, I love the fact that artists are getting involved, are getting involved with it in this because it does affect them as well. They want people, a musician is going to want people to be able to see them. doesn't matter how, but they want people to see them and they want them to be able to afford to see them. You know, they don't want these price gouging tactics where the average, you know, where their biggest fans can't afford to go. Mm -hmm. And that's happened to a lot of people right now anyway, because everything costs so much. I mean, hello, you have to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to be an oil baron to, to buy two dozen eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's so it's really kind of disgusting. And yeah, I I had actually kind of forgotten about that going to department stores and also going to like grocery stores and buying tickets. Used to do that too. Yeah, it was like a totally different way of doing things. And I remember, you know, the best place to see a concert is Red Rocks. I will always say that. And Red Rocks, and I don't know if they still do this because I haven't been to Red Rocks in like over 10, over a decade for a concert. I went there for their drive-in movie thing um, during the pandemic, but or the start of the pandemic since we are still in it. Sorry. But I remember you could go, you could buy like general admission and general admission were, was the first like few rows in the front and then the back. And so that meant that you could, if you showed up early enough before the concert, you could camp out on the steps and you could get a front row seat to a concert and not even have to have paid like the reserved seating charges. So you could do that for like, I think uh, when I did that once for John Mellencamp and I was like fourth row back and I think I paid like $30, $40 for those tickets and I had bought like there was like five of us there, and so two of us camped out and then went in and you know were able to secure those seats for all of us and that was amazing and what an amazing experience to have and that's like so impossible to have now because of how expensive they are i i mean I'm guessing even at red i mean of course at Red Rocks, the general admission is still going to be so insanely expensive now because of how expensive everything is. And it is that monopoly thing because, you know, even like I keep going back to creation entertainment, but I think that's a great kind of comparison because creation with their cons, their conventions with supernatural conventions, they have a thing. You you never get like an actual ticket mailed to you. You get a PDF sent to you and they charge you a fee for that PDF that gets emailed to you. For that PDF email, they charge you a fee and they call it a shipping fee. And where they're shipping it to is your email. <laughs> they're not shipping it. They're shipping it to your email. So that is just ridiculous. But the thing is, is those actors don't speak out about it, really, that I know of. And people keep paying. So if people keep paying, it's going to keep happening. And and they're going to keep raising it. And so what it takes is a lot of people speaking out, a lot of people with a lot of power and influence. So a lot of artists, like more people need to speak out like Robert Smith. And I know there have been others as well, but a lot of these artists that have a lot more sway and power than us, than the people that are consuming the music, the people that are buying the tickets, or than the littler bands too, if they speak out more and they keep you know, doing something, I mean, five, I mean, really it's a $10 refund. That's not that much, but it's a start. And so if they if that keeps if you keep that pressure up, and there was also talk of like investigating Ticketmaster and all of that. So if you do that and you keep doing that, keep that pressure on, that's the only way things kind of change. And this is all once again also, I mean, I know ticket prices are ridiculous all over the world. It's not just here, but this is also another example of capitalism too. So yeah, but it is, it's really gross and it's sad to me because, you know, there are some bands that you can still see for under a hundred dollars and for under $60, 
but it's very rare and very difficult. And it makes me sad because going to a concert is such such an amazing thing if you love music. And it's such a beautiful thing to experience. It's so different than listening to an album. Going and seeing music is so, so amazing. And we'll definitely be talking about that on Friday on our next episode. Hey, some of these bands we've mentioned may come up. I don't know if any of my panelists are Swifties. That's what they're called, right? (laughs) Susie, I don't think that's going to happen. But hey, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that was your favorite concert experience. I'm not trying to come after any of the fans. I'm just saying. (laughs) I want to make that clear. Um, but okay, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. So Susie, where can the listeners find you? Yes, fellow humans of the internet. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid. And in my bio, there's a link to my dog's Instagram, the floofy menace himself, Benny. And I can be found on the Twitters at suzyq underscore sc and i'm on tiktok but not like posting anything just you know liking all the chris pine and bitch of the skeleton hey because that's how we do get your serotonin where you can thank you Susie. (laughs) thank you uh tiff i'm like out there in social media at who is tiff with me just you know find me from somewhere i'll answer I have my notifications on. I'm out there. Just I'm find there. me. Just find me. I'll, I'll answer the call. I'll heed the call. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, you know, if you can't, you can always reach out to me. And we'll Aaron has up. my deets. I do. I do. I'm not going to give you the personal, but I do have. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody comes rolling up to my door. <laughs> Well, Aaron said. <laughs> Aaron said it was okay if I came to fight you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that, that man! I would be the worst person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> this is Aaron. Uh, remember, follow Fergie on TikTok. I did just recently post a new TikTok of Fergie. It's just a compilation of recent videos and pictures and stuff. Um, but her at is at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. I know it's long, but it's worth it. So go follow, go follow Fergie before TikTok goes away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed that this, this does not happen too. We will, we may talk about that on our next well, it depends, but we're going to talk about it at some point about TikTok because um, that's just, yeah, hopefully it will be around for a while. So that does not need to go away. We have bigger issues, people. <laughs> Plus that's, uh, anyway, I'm not going to go off on it right now. But anyway, so <laughs> for now, go follow Fergie there and hopefully you can follow Fergie for the foreseeable future on TikTok. Help her dreams come true of starring in Cocaine Fergie with Penn Badgley. That's part of the Dream Maker Projects. Remember, we came up with a new one today. Yes, we did. With Taryn Edgerton and Florence Pugh. We're going to figure out a project for the two of you. Um, but be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. 
on Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, or if you would like to be a potential part of our May 20th marathon streaming event, head on over to our website, it's a fandomthingpod.com. We do have a special page for that streaming event. We are in the process, we're starting to schedule stuff. So if you are a fellow creator, and I especially want to emphasize, of course, creators that don't get as much airtime. So I'm talking about creators that are not, I mean, I'm not saying I, you know, if you are cisgendered, white, straight male, I, I will still talk to you, <laughs> but I do want any creator out there who feels they aren't getting the voice that they deserve. I do also want you to feel free to reach out to us too. I want to give as many many people a voice as possible during this event. Plus it's just fun. Plus you get to watch me slowly lose it since I'll be streaming for 12 hours. That's the fun part, but we are definitely doing a supernatural trivia um, with the hosts of sort of brilliant and probably a bunch of other people. I know Paula wants to be a part of that, but probably a bunch of other people will want to be a part of it too. Carla and I are going to be doing a fun Christian Bale thing. And you never know, Christian Bale, she may have invited him back to Florida just for this. So you may get to see, quote unquote, Christian Bale. Um, My beautiful, wonderful podcast, Brain Twin, will be on and I'll be on with her. And we uh, will have a very exciting announcement during that. So you won't want to miss that. And a few other podcasts we're working with too to work on some time for them to come on as well. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that. But on our next episode, Susie and Tiff are going to be back and we're going to be jamming out, jamming out. We're going to be talking about our favorite, <laughs> they're jamming out right now, our favorite concert experiences. So it'll be just really, really, really a ton of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter, and Stop Asian Hate.